Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. نکاحے تو اولاد صالح سے گود ان کی بھر دے رہے رات دن ہر گھری دونوں ہمدم گھری دونوں ہمدم چھتی شب کی ظلمت ہوا نور پیدا السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ استیم لسنرز اف سریس ایف ایم ان مرکز صحابہ دی وائس اف اہل سنہ والجماعہ دی ڈیٹ ٹو ڈے از دی 18th اف جمعہ الاخرہ 1444 کورسپونڈنگ ٹو دی گریگورین کیلنڈر دی 11th اف جنوری 2023 وی ویلکم یو ٹو دی بلس اف میریج وی ویلکم مفتی اے کے صاحب مفتی عبد القادر حسین صاحب تعمد برکاتہ السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته بارك الله فيكم جزاك الله خيرا مولانا زايد خان Listeners can send through their queries to the number 084-786-3132 If you're in a foreign country you can also send in your queries plus 2784-786-3132 Muftisab, listener wants to know how do we catch Sirius FM and what radio wave is it? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasoolihi al-kareem Amma ba'd All praise is due to Almighty Allah The sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of the universe Peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam You know, in the Noble Qur'an, Almighty Allah Jalla Wala uses the word for Rabbu Shi'ra. If you study the Noble Qur'an, you will find that this word, I give you the reference, inshallah, now, that Almighty Allah Jalla Wala says about Shi'ra. So I want to explain to you about Sirius. Sirius means that a star in the, in the high heavens and skies and so forth so remember that that is what you will find in the noble Quran. Almighty Allah Jalla speaks about it and says, وَرَبُّ الشِّعْرَى As it then Allah Ta'ala says, yeah, yes it, In chapter 53, Surah An-Najmi, verse 49, Almighty Allah speaks about His power and His majesty, authority. In chapter 53, verses 48-49, وَأَنَّهُ هُوَ أَغْنَى He enriches you, He gives you so much wealth. وَأَقْدَى oh, Almighty Allah gives little but meaning just sufficient for that person. And وَأَنَّهُ هُوَ رَبُّ الشِّعْرَى That He is the sustainer, nourisher, cherisher of the Sirius. Sirius is the star high, high day in the sky. So that is the Arabic term for it. So sometimes when you spell it, people make mistake. S-I-R-I-U-S, Sirius. 
So S-I-R-I-U-S. So that is the first thing. So just Google and put there. You can just do it now, Molina. You can do it also. And just go to Sirius, S-I-R-I-U-S-F-M. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's on FM. That is in the East End and everywhere. Red Springs, Pinoni, Boxburg, all those areas. Nighttime, it goes further, obviously. So it's at 92.4 or something like that. Just you'll check it up there on the Google. You found something there. I'm still busy with it. So this thing that on Sirius FM. So Alhamdulillah, we thank all Allah, Jalla like today, with bliss of marriage, we do with Sirius FM, and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, the Q&A also, mashallah, on Sunday afternoon, Monday night, we thank our brothers, Brother Faisal Asmal, Yusuf Asmal. Similarly, other programs, for example, in the morning, four to six we do with Radio Al-Ansar and they are in Durban based but today with internet remember everything becomes international so we thank all the directors of you know Radio Al-Ansar International as well so you got anything 105.7 right on FM Huh? Right, very good. So I made a mistake there on 92.4 is wrong so 105.7 Right, 105.7 on FM, inshallah you will catch Sirius FM, so that's good, mashallah, we must promote that as well, so 105.7, so inshallah you can listen to Sirius FM, and on your normal radio you can listen, whether at home or in your car, while you're traveling, and mashallah, that our brother Asmal Faisal and Yusuf Asmal, Allah Jalla Wala, reward them handsomely in this world and in the year after. Move this up, an anonymous boy says that all the circular teachers urinated upon me their filth. I am now inclined to boys. What must I do? So you must remember these type of things. If this really happened, that the teachers urinated on you or the students urinated on you, obviously you need to take this matter up with the principal. You need to take this up with the governing body and so forth. No one got the right to do this and abuse you and so forth. So remember that, you know, you see that one day this Indian, the A India was coming from New York to Delhi and these people, they got drunk, some of them. In the plane, they started urinating on other passengers and so forth. So what a disgrace. One was a big shot in a bank, you know. So that bank fired him straight away. So all these kind of things. You must go out of your way and say that these people, yeah, they, they wanted to disgrace me and so forth and so on. And therefore, I won't take it lying down, but I will take action. So you must go to principal. You must send a, man- a letter to the Minister of Education and make a big thing out of this year. As Muslims or even non-Muslims, we can never allow these type of things here that be as far as, no, it's just fun and game and so forth. This can be fun and games. Next issue that now you say you are inclined towards boys, there's nothing like that. It's like the people, you must remember, they blame Allah Ta'ala, Allah forbid, al billah 
if you ask him, when I debate with these people, so they say, no, that God created us like this. It's not Allah created you like that. You yourself, you watch the movies, you want to mingle with such people and so forth and so on, and then you get the thrill out of it, and then you get inclined towards their actions. This action of homosexuality, gay brigade, is even worse than zina, fornication, adultery. And therefore, remember, Almighty Allah left the remnants and relics for us to see. Then Almighty Allah made it the lowest, lowest portion on earth, remember. And what you see when you go to Sodom and Gomorrah in occupied Palestine, you will see it. There we've been there several times, five times with the help and mercy of Allah. Go open Surah Hud, chapter 11, verses 78 to 83. You will find the whole story there. Then the water, the Dead Sea is telling you a story. Nothing can survive there inside because there's so much salt content and so forth and so on. So therefore, we can't blame other people. That somebody urinated on you, now you got, you must remember this feeling. It's like saying that the animal urinated on you, so now you are inclined to donkeys or animals and all. Nobody can accept these type of things there. So this also, that we all are responsible for our own deeds, our own speech, our own actions. So don't shift the blame that you must cut off all ties with these people here who have these tendencies, these gay tendencies, and so forth and so on. Every day, read through the Salat and beg Allah, read now with me. Allahumma hassin farji. Allahumma, oh Allah, oh beloved Allah, Allahumma, what it means? The meme in the end, Allahu, and then the meme, Allahumma. That meme is indicating to you the vocative, the nida. So you translate it, Ya Allahu, oh beloved Allah. Hassin, so Hassin means Hisnun. Hisnun means a fort. In the good old days, when they used to fight the enemy, they had forts to protect themselves. So Allahumma Hassin Farji, oh beloved Allah, that what we must do, that we beg of you, that you protect Hassin Farji, my private part, that is what you protect, oh beloved Allah. So in that way, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will keep all of us pure and chaste. Muftisab, can my wife inherit from a non-Muslim parents? Remember, on that masla, there is ijma and consensus. Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu hadith in Mishkat Sharif and in Tirmidhi and various compilations, Mustada Ahmad and so forth. La yarithul muslimul kafir walal kafirul muslim. A Muslim cannot inherit from a non-Muslim and a non-Muslim cannot inherit from a Muslim. And this hadith is sahih and authentic and there is ijma on that. However, we need to understand things properly. One is inheritance. Inheritance is the share you are entitled to and so forth. Now let me give you both sides of the spectrum. You as a Muslim, but your neighbor, for example, is non-Muslim, a Jew, a Christian, Hindu, whatever. But as a human being, is a good person that sometimes he helped you. He, sometimes your house was, you know, supposed to be burgled by the crooks and criminals and he was there to chase them away and so forth. So like that, many a time in life he assisted you. So now you're drawing up your will, you are the testator. 
So as a Muslim, you write first burial, funeral expenses. You know the grave, all that you have to pay. Second one, you write all the debts, personal debts, corporate debts, all that must be settled immediately. Justice delayed is justice denied, too. Third one, wasiyah. Wasiyah is to bequeath. As a Muslim, you can make a bequest and you can bequeath to non-Muslims up to one-third also. So remember that if you want to, you wrote for Mr. Tom, Dick and Harry, Tom, Dick and Mary, so that is permissible up to one-third for Muslim and non-Muslim. So they will become the beneficiary, not the heir. They will become the beneficiary and this we call wasiya, and it's permissible. And the fourth one will be, you must remember the shares of the heirs. Husband, wife, whoever passes away, they will inherit. The husband passes away, wife will inherit, wife passes passes away, husband will inherit, children will inherit, sons and daughters, parents will inherit. Obviously, they have to be Muslim. So if they are non-Muslim, then there's no question of inheritance. So that's one side of the spectrum. Other side of the spectrum is this, that now that non-Muslim father, mother, Tom, Dick and Mary, so if they wrote in their world that you, the son, must get, they're bequeathing to you. It's not inheritance, they're bequeathing to you. The gifting to you, you know, and they say give him 10,000, 100,000, whatever, then it's permissible for you to take it. You must remember that. So it just depends. If you say inheritance, then you inherit zero. But if they're giving to you as a gift or so, then it's fine, it's acceptable and so forth. More important than that is this, you, the son, daughter, you are Muslim and your parents are still alive and both of them or one of them are non-Muslim. So more important than the wealth and the assets and whatever is you should be crying today. It's Wednesday after Zohar was accepted. Imam Bukhari, rahimahullah, has mentioned this in Al-Adabul Mufrad. So, and it's Sahih, even Sheikh Albani said it's authentic and so forth. So we must remember, you should be crying, begging, petitioning all. Almighty Allah, Jalla wala. Ya Allah, give my mother, give her hidayat. My father, give hidayat, bring them into Islam. Sayyidina Abu Huraira is apt now to mention to you, Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu comes to Mustafa Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu crying, Ma yubkika, why are you crying, Ya Abu Huraira? Ya Rasulullah, my mother. What was his mother's name? Umayma. So that she is insulting you and vulgarities, obscenities. I can't stick it anymore, Ya Rasulullah. I can't tolerate it. Please make dua for the mother of Abu Huraira. So Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa rahmatullahi made dua. When he reached home, Abu Huraira, he wanted to enter. The mother said, Allah, rislik ya Abu Huraira. Just wait. She was taking a bath and then she cleaned herself, everything. She dressed up and so much so, subhanallah, if you open Muslim Sharif and you study the manaqib of Sayyidina Abu Huraira, you will find the virtues that she says in the excitement, I forgot to wear my scarf. Imagine the women at that time, even though they were non-Muslim, but they realized we had to wear scarf inside the house also. It's not question of compulsory and compulsory, it's question of haya and shame. So she says, in the excitement, I forgot to wear my scarf, and I read Kalima, Ashadu Allah, Ilaha illallah, wa Ashadu Anna Muhammad Abdu Rasulu. Sayyidina Abu Huraira, radiallahu states, he's elated, delighted. He ran back to the master, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, crying, Ma yubkika ya Abu Huraira, now why you cry? 
Say, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna umma abi hurayra qad aslama. She embraced Islam. Umayma embraced Islam. The mother of Abu Huraira radiallahu anh. So Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, very happy, delighted. Said Abu Huraira, elated. See, this you call moqa'e shanasi. And mardam shanasi. You must know how to speak to a person, how you speak to your son, daughter, grandchildren, how you speak to your parents will be different. And uh, the children, you will play and all that and carry them. And so you can't do that with your parents and all that. So, and second one, that is Mardam Shanasi. Moka, you must look at the occasion. He knows this is the opportune movement moment. Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, make dua. When the name of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu is mentioned, the pakka sacha Muslim, the true devoted, dedicated Muslim, must have special affinity with Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Therefore, when we learn hadith, we teach hadith, and we by heart and memorize the hadith. An Abi Hurairata radiallahu ta'ala anhu qal, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sabatun yudhilluhumullahu fi dhillihi yawma la dhilla illa dhilluh. The seventh category is Allah ta'ala will place on the day of Qiyamah under his shade. Hadith in Bukhari Sharif. So whilst I was reading it, in your heart you already feel that special affinity with him. So that is a great sign that Allah Jalla wa Allah has put placed the love of Sahaba, the beloved companions in the inner recesses of our heart. So never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Always beg Allah, Ya Allah, give my mother, give my father, both of them, Iman, Islam, and make them true Muslims. Allah Jalla wa Allah is Qadir Mutlaq. He can do anything. So that is more important brother sister female says my husband does not wear topi now my son is not he does not want to wear topi my husband also makes masao on his boots remember that people today they just want to follow the internet or they want to follow the salafis and so forth so today on tv and today on the mobile phone smartphone ugly phone so everything is available so people love shortcuts people love loopholes and so forth so leave that for a moment let us see what quran sharif teaches us right so Quran Sharif is our constitution, is the direct speech of all Allah Jalla Wala. So now Zuhur time, 12.30, 12.45, 1 o'clock, 1.15, I assume and presume they will go for Salat and they'll go read the Mas. So what all Allah states? All Allah Jalla Wala states, Ya Bani Adama Khuduzinatakum inda kulli masjid. O oh, children of Adam salam, khudu, take zinatakum. One word is zina. Zina, za, nun, alif. And that is fornication, adultery. One word is zina. Zina was za, ya, nun. It means take your beauty, your adornment with you. So what is the beauty of a Muslim? So in the Kulli Masjid, you must be dressed properly. If you got an appointment with the president, prime minister, Muslim or non-Muslim, ten times you will look in the mirror, how do I look presentable? I am going to meet even a person in non-Muslim. Yeah, we got an appointment with the king of kings and how we dress. You think yourself. I traveled with Allah's help, Allah's mercy, so many countries. 
India, you go Bombay, Delhi in the street and that, you won't know who's a Muslim, who's a non-Muslim. You go to Lebanon, you must remember, because half the population, they say, is Muslim, half non-Muslim. They dress the same, they talk the same, they behave the same, majority of them. And they're all speaking Arabic. You won't know who's a Muslim and who's a Christian and so forth. So this topi, this hat, as you call it, whatever, is one of the sha'air, one of the symbols of being a Muslim. Remember this. Allah says, Ya Bani Adam, khudu zinatakum in the Kulli Masjid. Okay? So that's one point from Quran. Second one I ask you. We must remember this. What Nabi alayhi salatu salam told the men, when you are in Ihram, now is Umrah season, now you're going to perform Umrah, and you read your two rakat salat, then you made intention, Allahumma inni uridul umrata fayassir ali wa taqabbala minni. Oh Allah, that I beg, I beg intention for umrah, make it easy, accept it. Thereafter, in this sequence, first salat, then nafil salat, voluntary, then intention, then talbiya, labbaik Allahumma labbaik, labbaik la sharika laka labbaik, inna alhamda wa ni'imata laka wal mulk la sharika now you enter the state of consecration, the state of ihram. Fala rafatha, no husband wife talk, wala fusuka, no sins and so forth. And wala jidal, no fighting, arguing and all. So that is ihram and the other laws. The men cannot wear normal clothes. So what they must do? They must wear the towels, right? And in there, Nabi said, Wala talbasul qalaris, that you must not wear the qalansuwa, you must not wear the hat. So what is the common sense telling you? I'm asking you. Although common sense today is not common, so it means when you're not in ihram, it's expected of you to be wearing a topi, a hat, and so forth. So not to wear a hat is a sign of non-Muslims. See non-Muslims. See the jutla. We got so many problems with them. But those Orthodox Jews, they will wear the yelmuka, the small little hat they wear, and they're proud about it. We have the best, but we just neglect it. So write this books down, books names down. All of you, you Salafis, will incline to that. Al-Qawlul Mubin fi akhtai al-Musallin. Al-Qawlul Mubin fi akhtai al-Musallin. When I was in Jordan, so mashallah, we met up with some brothers there, and I had to spend a week or something there, five. So every day they would take us to different places. So one day he said, Sheikh, I like you, come to my house and we have meals. So then he said, I got this book, I got this book. My eyes fell on this book. I told him, Sheikh, this book I don't think you need. So he started laughing. I say, I say, why? I just went through it. The mistakes people make in Salat. In there, Al-Qawl al-Mubin fi Akhtai al-Muswalleen, they got there, Sheikh Albani's fatwa, because the Salafis, they like to do all this. They like to put one leg in the east, one leg in the west. You think that they're standing like a goalkeeper waiting for a penalty, you know? And then, no hat they wear. Majority of them. I won't say all, but I say majority. And then, so he got the fatwa there of Sheikh Albani. A salat, when you are makshuf ras your head is exposed and all that. So he himself wrote is makru and not permissible and so forth. And that is what all the scholars and all the jurors will say. So you must teach your husband, you must teach your son that when you're not going to follow Nabi alayhi salam, then I just quote to you one verse. 
One verse is enough. You know, if you don't want to do something, then remember that you will do whatever you want to do. But if you're really sincere and you want to practice on deen, then this verse should shake you up and all of us up. What Almighty Allah Jalla teaches us right in the ending of Surah Nur, you must remember that chapter number 24, Almighty Allah Jalla teaches us that what are the Muslims supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. So in Surah Nur, Almighty Allah states in chapter 24, verse 54, If you obey Him, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then you will be on the right path, you will be guided. So chapter 24, verse 54, right? That is the, the right thing to do. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam commands something. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam does something. Always Nabi Alayhi Salaam had a hat on with the turban or sometimes just the hat and no turban. So that is Sunnah and Nabawiyah. And now you say, no, I'm not going to wear a hat. Those people should beware who oppose the command of Nabi Alayhi Salaam and his way. And to see Bahum Fitna, a big calamity falls upon them. Oh, you see Bahum Adabun Alim, or a painful punishment falls upon them. Chapters 24, Surah, uh, sorry, Surah 64, Surah 64, Surah Nur, and I'm mixing it up, sorry, Surah 24, Surah 24, Surah Nur, and the ayats are number 64 is the ending. So just before the ending, is verse 63. So this ayat I quoted is Surah 24 and verse number 63. That if any person, when you start opposing the teaching, preaching of Nabi Alayhi Salaam, then you're inviting disaster, adabun alim, or a big calamity, a fitna. So that is why we say today, the Salafis, we say the Muslim, but you must remember that, then they go astray, because they want to go, they want to make kharqul ijma what is kharqul ijma that see hadith in tirmidhi sharif nabi alayhi salatu salam said la tajtami ummati ala dwalala this ummah of mine will never have consensus on something that is astray Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi, Imam Ahmad, I give you chronological. First, Imam Hanifa came, in view, as far as time goes, chronologically. Then Imam Malik came, then Imam Shafi, then Imam Ahmad bin Ambal. We say, Rahimamullah, Rahmatan Wasiya for all of them. These were the genius and giants. All four of them say, Taraweeh Salah, 20 rakats. But these Salafi characters, they will tell you 8 rakats or they will tell you 10 rakats and so. All four of them will tell you that three talaks is three and not one. And Imam Bukhari mentioned three talaq is three. But they will tell you it's one. They let like the Christians, you know, Trinity, three is one and one is three. Now to make a masa on this normal socks, you must remember this, you know, this uh, nylon socks, cotton socks, it's not permissible. 
So they say, no, it's permissible. So therefore, you must remember, we reject all. So your husband is influenced by the Salafis, and that is why he's going astray. But he thinks he's very clever and so forth. This is the problem with self-study. When you don't study by the ulamai Rabbani, ulamai Haqqani, then you start doing your own thing, and then dwallu wa adwallu. You go astray and you lead others astray. Muftizap, a person says his name is Abdullah and he's a proud Salafi. He says, who can speak more better Arabic than the the the, the, the imams of the Haramain? And he says, we follow that imams which which rests in, in the place where Nabi Sallallahu is buried. So you must remember that Abu Lahab could speak very good Arabic. Abu Jahal could speak Arabic and they the uncles of Nabi alayhi salam. Abu Lahab is the direct uncle of Nabi alayhi salam. Abu Talib is the direct uncle of Nabi alayhi salam. If Arabic language is the criteria, then how come they in Jahannam according to Quran and Sunnah? They could speak the best Arabic. So this is a foolish argument of yours. If you speak about the Imams of the Haram, they can't even use the word Yahud. Every Friday for more than 20 years I'm translating the khutbah from Haram Sharif, the same imams you're speaking about. So you must remember they can't even use the word Yahud. They're so frightened from Murtad bin Shaitan MBS, they fear him more than they fear Allah Ta'ala. So you must remember that you brother Abdullah, you're totally astray. You must remember Nabi alayhi salatu salam was asked and requested make du- are for the people who are you must remember who are in Sham, Palestine, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon. The Prophet made dua, hadith in Bukhari Sharif. Allahumma barik lana fi shamina. Then Nabi was requested make dua for the people of Yemen. Allahumma barik lana fi Yemenina. So he made dua for them. Then they asked Nabi alayhi salam wa fi najdina, your riyadh and all that is najd. So if you know anything, we challenged them when they invited us. We told them, give the answer for this. They couldn't give the answer. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa refused to make dua for them. We don't say every najdi, every Saudi alim is astray. We don't say that. We say those who are bootlicking the government, you must remember. Otherwise, Sheikh Sali Ali Talib, he came here to South Africa 2010. He came to Newcastle, Darlum, Jalsa, and I translated for him and all this. So he spoke the truth. Don't go to the cinemas. So you agree that they must have cinemas and all these kind of things there. Because if you speak about cinemas, they put you in jail. So he's 10 years in jail. So what you talking, brother? So you must remember today, all the imams, they in Makkah, so you must remember that they can't speak one word against who? The Jutlas and so forth. Sheikh Salih bin Humaid, the last year he used to speak, he used to make dua. In his last khutbah, he said, Allahumma alayka bil muhtallin al ghasibin He didn't even use the word Yahud because they frightened. So please don't come and tell me about the imams of Haram and so forth and so on. They all are on the payroll of MBS, the Murtad bin Shaitan. Mufti Sahib, last question before we go to the break. Assalamu alaikum Mufti Sahib. What are the different types of talaq for a woman? 
Remember that Quran Karim mentions this. Go read Surah number 2, verses 229 and 230. And you will find all, may Allah speaks of all this in the noble Quran. That Talaq, remember, is twice. What does it mean, Talaq so you must remember that in a case like this what will happen that all may Allah Jalla wala teaches us at-talaqu marratan so then the husband can take her back and when he the husband takes her back so what will happen is this for imsakum ma'ruf if he gave her one talaq then two talaqs only are left for him if he gave her two talaq and he took her back now only one talaq is left that is during the iddat he can take her back without tajdeedun nikah and second one is this that when a person when a person remember doesn't take her back then Quran Sharif says oh tasrihum ihsan give her presence and give and release her don't keep her there and torture her and so forth so till then is two talaqs and then you give the third talaq surah 2 verse 230 so read these two verses chapter 2 surah Baqarah verse 229 and 230 if you give three talaqs so remember that then فَلَا تَحِلُّ so then she must after iddat then she has to get married to somebody else if she wishes and must be a proper marriage not a shame and a mock marriage for one hour one day few days one week and then they make agreement and all, all that is haram Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam said لَأَنَّ اللَّهُ الْمُحَلِّلَ وَالْمُحَلَّلَ لَهُ that all might Allah Jalla wa Allah's curse is on the Buddha husbands, the first husband, the ex-one and this new husband, that one is making halal, this wife for the first husband, so she's not halal in these cases where they have this mock marriage and so forth, so therefore we say the fatwa is on the Shafi'i, Maliki, Hanbali and Sahibain's called Imam Abu Yusuf, Imam Muhammad if they made that, that they made this hit and run business one hour, one day, one week and then he gave talaq, the second husband she won't be halal Allah's curse is on them so three talaqs are three I just told you just now some of the Salafis they say three talaq is one so we reject it Sheikh bin Baz used to say that three talaqs is one I have his fatwa kitab I met all of them Sheikh bin Baz Sheikh Saudi bin Usaymin Sheikh Albani Sheikh Yusuf Karza whole lot I met so we respect them but no way they can come near Imam Abu Hanifa or Imam Shafi or Imam Malik or Imam Ahmad bin Ambal end of the day they had to tow the line of their government so you must remember this so you should read Sheikh bin Bas Fatawa I still say he's a great scholar and so forth but on these fatwas we reject it you must remember that the three talaqs are one and so forth is against the Quran is against the Sunnah is against Aimma Arba against the Hadith in Bukhari Sharif so we must be clear on these issues here we don't speak from our pocket and so forth you want we can show you 
their books. It's written in there. So you must remember these things there. So therefore, one talaq is one. Two is two and three is three. So that is now today when the husband gave his wife talaq, right? So now you in South Africa, you will get, you must remember, two different types of people. One group will go to Cape Town because in Cape Town, there are some organizations, some imams, some sheikh, they say three as in, three as in. So three talaq is one. So now you made the man stay in sin. Remember that. Allah's curse is on them. And you know what is the truth also, but they want to always play, you know. So because money comes in, a lot of things can play, you know, come to play. And then you will get other guys, they're waiting for this kind of thing, they will make halala. So after they eat that, they say, no, I will make you halal for your first husband. Then he's busy with her and so forth. So imagine all this, we make talaq bid-deen. We play with the deen of all Allah. And if you just read these verses after that, you will see Quran says, chapter 2, verse 231, Do not take these verses of all Allah as a joke. These are serious, serious issues. So may Almighty Allah guide us one and all to the deen, which is Quran Sharif, the Sunnah Mubarakah, the beloved Sahaba, their ijma and consensus, and remember the Allah and the four schools. That is Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. We'll go for the break now, and inshallah after the break we will continue. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Listeners of Sirius FM and Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah, we, re- we return back to this program, The Bliss of Marriage, with our, with our Mufti Sahab and Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein Sahab, Damad Barakatuhu. Mufti Sahab, the next question is, a woman says that I'm expecting, can I see the gender of my child? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Almighty Allah Jalla Wala teaches us in chapter number 13, Surah Ra'ad, verse number 8, Allahu ya'lamu ma tahmilu kullu unsa. Only Almighty Allah knows what the lady is carrying, whether it's a boy, whether it's a girl, whether it's twins, whether it's triplets, quadruplets, whatever it is. وَمَا تَغِيدُ الْأَرْحَامُ وَمَا تَزْدَاتُ All the contraction, expansion taking place. Today with all the gynecologists, all their gadgets they have, 3D and 4D, and Allah alone knows what you'll know better than me. So you must remember that as them, how many hair on that fetus there, that boy or girl that is being formed, that huwa <coughs> In the beginning of Surah Al-Imran, Almighty Allah states that He is the one who gives shape and form in the womb of the mother as He wishes. But if you want to go for a test as the mother and find out the gender, so it's permissible. But we will say it's better you just leave it like that. And Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala, in Surah 42, Surah to Shura, verses 49 and 50 states, Yahabu yashau inasa if your first child is a daughter then remember your family inshallah is mubarak inna allah qaddama al-inas ala al-dhukur 
Almighty Allah Jalla Wala mentioned daughters first and then he mentioned the boys. If there's a boy, it's nothing wrong. Ambiya made dua for boys also. Rabbi Habli Mina Salihin. So these are just Lataifut Tafsir, that the great, great meanings of the Quran Tafsir. So it's a gift from Almighty Allah Jalla Wala. So whatever Allah blesses us with, son or daughter or both, we should have Rida Bil Qada. We should be pleased and happy with the decree of Almighty Allah Jalla So that is what we should remember, remember this. But if you want to go for a test and whatever you gender to see, it's fine, but we don't encourage it. We say leave it and be pleased with whatever Almighty Allah decreed for you. Muftisap, a female says, I'm a widow with three boys and I ask a couple of ulamas to help me with my mother-in-law and sister-in-law. They got two brothers that does not want to take responsibility of them because she's a difficult person. I'm tired, Muftisap, and I got my own children's responsibilities. What must I do, Muftisap? I'm not sure I understood your question properly. If I understood it wrong, then Mona, you must just guide along. The way I understand your question is that you say you are a widow, right? So your husband passed away and you got three sons, but I'm not sure what is the ages of the sons. Are they very young or they working or what? Okay, be that as it may. Now it seems you all are in one house. So in that house, you got your mother-in-law and in that same house, you got your sister-in-law, your husband's sister. Is that correct like that? Chi. In right. the same house, mother-in-law and sister-in-law. Right. So now, but it's not your duty. You must remember that to look after your mother-in-law and sister-in-law. In Islam, remember this, that whatever you are doing for them, that is, you are the daughter-in-law. So whatever you are doing for your mother-in-law is mimbabil ihsan. You're just doing a favor. Similarly for the sister-in-law, they can't come and dictate to you that you must go and wash and clean their house. You must go wash their pots and pans. You must go cook for them. And nobody can do that for you, impose that upon you. So you must remember that. So I don't know what the ulama told you or so forth and so on and which ulama, but this is a common sense and is what Sharia teaches us. So you have to make things clear that your focus should be there to enhance your Iman, enhance your Islam, practice on it, make dua for the deceased. Allah give your husband Jannatul Firdaus and your sons, you should be making tarbiyat of them, training them, coaching them. That is your first priority besides the salat and fasting and all that. As far as your mother-in-law goes, daughter-in-law goes, what uh, not daughter-in-law, sister-in-law goes. So remember that is not a priority that is something well down is something secondary and right down so if you do something it's good you don't do something for them there's no sin upon you and they don't have the right nor your mother-in-law nor your sister-in-law have the right to dictate to you and impose upon you so we must know Islam is hukuk that we must learn to fulfill the rights I'm not saying for a moment you mustn't do anything for them what I'm saying is this, they don't have the right to impose upon you. We must get things properly, understand it properly. And hudud, everybody has to live within the parameters of the sharia. So that's where the problems are coming about. They expect you to do this, to do this. For example, they expect you, according to the question it seems, that you must prepare the three meals and they will just come and eat. So that's wrong. So why they can't cook? They must be cooking also. So they expect you to clean 
clean the house, but what they doing, why they don't clean the house. So these are the issues I'm addressing. So therefore, you must tell them no, and you must tell your sons also that they must tell them no, you can't come and now make zulam and oppress our mother and so forth. But with respect, it must be done, not going into a screaming and shouting and fighting and civil war situation, no. It must be done with respect and it must be done in a civil manner. She says, I lived 31 years with this difficult 86-year-old woman, her mother-in-law, and 50 years daughter of hers who is backwards. And she says her sons are 30 years, 25 years, and 22 years, the three sons. So her sons, is she? Yeah. So the sons are all big, so now what? They must get married and move on in life and so forth, and they must support you, so you must remember that. Now if she's 86 years old, so just quickly keep on making khidmat of her. So now she's already mehman, few days time she might pass away or whatever. Allah alone knows, but according to our logic and common sense. So you did so much for her, so just make continue khidmat for her now, and don't spoil it now in the ending. That sister-in-law, you don't have to worry too much about her, she must sort herself out. But the mother-in-law is 86 years old. Even if she tell you nonsense and all, they become senile, you know. They can't sit in properly. So you did so much. Now is the last round and all. They just take a du'as. I will always tell you that. That remember, once they're 80, 75, 80 and above, so they become difficult and they become senile most of the time. So just carry on making khidmat of her, your mother-in-law. Muftisab, can you please update us on what is happening on the COVID situation? So you must remember regarding the COVID and that we were the few ulama and scholars and so forth and people who would tell you that from day one it was not a pandemic but a pandemic and a scamdemic. And we told you that we reject what the doctors say and professors say and what the Mawlana say and that close the masjid and so forth. Big, big meetings they had all just to carry favor with governments whether South Africa or whether anywhere else today where they are all disgraced Quran says you'll be disgraced Surah 2 verse 114 Lahum fi dunya khizyu wa lahum fil akhirati adabun azim so remember when people close masajid and so forth tell people no Jumma Salat is cancelled that's what some of them did Allah alone knows what happens to them in the year after but it's serious serious things not a small thing so for them will be disgrace in this world and punishment in the year after this is Allah's verdict it's not how we saying we're just explaining to you so now you you see you must understand the real politics of the whole thing and you can just go I give you the, 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 the references and you just go and read it our problem is as Muslims I mean we have to be honest today the Muslim Ummah adopts the ostrich mentality what is the ostrich mentality? Just put your head in the ground and expect everything to be hunky-dory, everything to be fine. And say, nah, lungile, everything is good. No, we can't do that. Islam don't allow that. We have to become a nation of iqra. The first word, the first verb, the first injunction was iqra, read. So we must be reading, reading, educate ourselves. I'm telling you just three, four things. You can go Google it yourself. Go to World Economic Forum, right? World Economic Forum. They achieved there and had there is squab or squab or whatever, S-C-H-A-W or something like that. So W-B or what. So you just put there the chief or whatever he is. 
He's on record and saying by 2023, this is the main line, that by 2023, we have to reduce the population of the world by half. I'm just paraphrasing him. So now we got, we just use round figures. We got 8 billion people. They say 4 billion, we have to get rid of them. They're just a liability. They're just wasting our time on this earth. Mainly this continent of Africa. What they do, president, prime minister, leaders, 80, 90%, they only know one thing, please, nigga minalo mali, cap in hand. Give us this, $500 billion, $200 billion, $100 billion. So rather we get rid of them, finish. Now this you call the white hegemony. This you call the new world order. This you call the reset. So how are they going to get it right? By fooling the people. You just have to go and read what Bill Gates wrote and all that. Go Just put Bill Gates and go to his latest statements and see. So you must remember this. That is, they want to play with the lives of millions of people. And as far as they're concerned, that we, you know, we went to apartheid. We know what is apartheid. We were born in apartheid and we saw what apartheid, how it was dismantled. So nobody can come and teach us about it. I remember I was born in a location, African location. When we used to walk, we used to see the boards, blankers and knee blankers, whites and non-whites. You go to the park, it's written there, no dogs and no non-whites allowed. Half the people don't even know of these things here. Yeah. So as a small boy, I used to look at all these things. I say, one day these whites going to pay the price for all. So they want to maintain that white hegemony, the white rule. So the government must be there in America, the capital must be in Jerusalem, and we, that the non-whites and so forth, we just a liability, passengers on this earth, good for nothing, can't manufacture one plane properly, we can't make this, everything, we just... A, that they are thinking. So what we must do? We must have some, you must remember, vaccine and so forth. Oh, we must. So now make world work. What the whole world? Lockdown. You saw what they did 2021, 2022, 2020 and all the last two, three years. See China, how they target China? Because they don't consider Chinese to be whites. They will tell you that China, in one area, 88, 88 million people in China got the COVID and so forth. They will tell you this because China is telling them, we're going to fix you all up. China and Taliban already cutting big, big deals in oil and other things and so forth. You think the West can stomach that? after the Taliban gave them a good thrashing. So that is what they want. Why you think that everything, Iran, I got nothing to do with Iran. I visited it. We say Shias are not Muslim. But everything Iran does, we will do this, we will do this. But the worst crimes are committed by Israel, but nothing happens. Russia are war criminals. They invaded Ukraine and Putin is a war. But are the leaders of Israel from David ben Gurion to Bibi Netanyahu, are they not war criminals? So these are the questions we have to ask, the uncomfortable questions. So understand the underlying factor is this. For the white rule, white hegemony, so they have to get something. So that something is now Omicron. Then they'll come with another name and another name. So And see today what the doctors are saying. Canadian, Canadian doctors, Australian doctors, South African. Those doctors who promote it, majority of the time, they're getting kickbacks from government and so forth. 
So that's how it works today. So go to Economic World Forum and go listen to Squab Swap, whatever his name. He's the leader. And go listen to Bill Gates and these characters and see. So that is a mechanism they're using. So they want to make us zombies. Like mm-hmm. we can't think for ourselves. We can't. So that's why my programs, everyone, they record it. You must remember. They say there's one Metcap day he's speaking. We must see what he's speaking, you see. Because you have to be a critical thinker and you have to think out of the box. And so today I'm proven right or wrong. I'm asking you. Today the same doctors, the same Molvies, when I ask them who's right or wrong, they just keep quiet. Not one can speak. So that is the thing. To get rid of this herd mentality. We are Muslims. We're supposed to be the leaders. We're not to be like animals and just follow the, the, the crooked leaders and people like that. So we, we must give people guidance and lead them. Not we get impacted and influenced by them and then we follow them like sheep. And they call it also herd mentality. So that is totally unacceptable. Make dua for us, it's Wednesday after Zohar, and make dua for the Ummah and Majidul Aqsa and the Haramain. Barakallahu feek. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We say Jazakumullah khairan to Mufti Sahib and to all our listeners of Sirius FM and Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wa Jamaah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wa Jamaah.